G'day and welcome to the Beyond the Message podcast. Hey, it is great to have you listening here today. My name is Lockie. I'm the host of this experience. And really, my job here is to guide those 167 hours beyond Sunday or beyond the message so that you can grow your faith all throughout the week. If you enjoyed tuning in on Sunday, whether that was Beyond at Home or at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. physical service, you are going to love this because Perco is joining us on the podcast. You better get a notepad out and pull your car over because everything that Perco says is straight fire. He's so full of wisdom. And I really think that your next relationship is going to be in better hands because you listen to someone like Perco talk about relationships. Because we talk about what it looks like to win relationally and how you can prepare for your next relationship, whether it's a romantic one or just one with a friend or family member. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, right. thank you, Perko, for coming on the podcast. Hey, it's great to have you here. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing well, Lockie. I, I'm going to admit I have a little bit of what I refer to as the man cold. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever Googled the man cold, but it's a pretty serious thing. I haven't haven't called the ambulance yet, but it, it's close. It's getting We're only close. one step away, hey? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. So that's it. And I'm doing I'm doing well. Um, but I, I got to tell you, I've been living now, walking in Brisbane for almost two years, and I have fully acclimatized because as we are recording this podcast, it got down to like 11 degrees last night where I live here in Brisbane. And that's that's pretty chilly nowadays. That's for freezing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was so used to the cold when I lived in colder climates like Colorado and so on, but I have definitely become a Queenslander. Yeah, fantastic. I, I just want to let people know as well maybe they're listening in their car or at home or whatnot but your 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 podcast sounds okay it's nothing wrong with it we're both sick and yes. so just want to let you know that we're actually both battling this man cold or man flu um yes. so there's nothing wrong with your headphones or anything like that we've both sounded a bit off today yeah exactly yeah but yeah we'll so up as we get going we will um perko we've had you on the podcast maybe two or three times before but it's, it's probably been a good nine maybe even 12 months since you've been on. Um, for those who don't know you or haven't heard of you before, uh, would you mind giving yourself a little bit of an intro to, to get going? Yeah, mate, I'd be happy to. I, um, yeah, I'm an Australian, but um, also have lived quite a bit of time over in the US, was born to American parents in Australia, so I'm a dual citizen. Um, but my wife, who I uh, married 22 years ago almost now, um, we married in Australia, but she's originally from the US as well. So got this kind of hybrid, you may even hear it in my accent, hybrid US Australian accent and um, lived in the States for nearly 20 years. We raised our kids over there and uh, was involved in various ministries and different business uh, ventures over in the States for, for that time. And then came back to Australia almost two years ago now to help get started a network of churches called the Irresistible Churches Network which is really the vision for the network is just to simply see every community in Australia and New Zealand with a church that is focused on reaching people that don't typically go to church, or as we like to talk about it, unchurched people. So we're convinced that, you know, not every church needs to be that church, but we think every community needs to have a church like that. And so uh, we're, yeah, we're really focused on helping churches like beyond who are wanting to reach unchurched people in their community to do that uh, by resourcing them through great content, helpful content, some connection with other like-minded leaders, coaching, and then also even caring for church leaders um, through some things that I do around soul care. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. I That's what I do 
every day as I help to support that network of churches, which is growing across the country. Fantastic. There is so much there. And I wish we could just talk about that for the next 25 minutes. But the one thing I do want to highlight is you said you've been married for almost 22 years. That's right. Yep. It'll be 22 years this December. Coming there you up. go. So we are in this series called Love Dates and Heartbreaks. That's what we're going yep. to be talking about today. Uh, I think that's just a good thing to note. Because um, Chris and I, in part one, we, we chatted about uh, relationships. I've been married for a, uh, a nice, healthy 11 months. 11 Chris, months. That's good. <laughs> and Chris, about six years. Okay. Um, so, you know, our, our experience is there, but not, not nearly, um, you know, in the realm of what, what you're uh, what you have to offer here. So I think just having your perspective here in this series will be phenomenal. I'm really looking forward to diving into this content. Yeah, no, I am too lucky. I just want to qualify though. 22 years doesn't mean, doesn't mean I'm an expert. I'm still <laughs> on the journey. And I would say that I am still working as hard as ever to enjoy a really fulfilling marriage, which we, we do have a very fulfilling marriage, but I'm yeah. certainly not an expert at it. Yeah, I love following you guys on Instagram. I haven't uh, checked checked in on a while, but I know you guys get up to a lot of fun little dates and Sabbath kind of exercises, spend a lot of quality time. So I think, uh, you know, I look forward to that kind of stuff coming out as we chat through this. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Fantastic. So let's dive straight into our questions for today. Um, this phrase, win relationally. We want to win relationally. Some people might be so unfamiliar with this kind of terminology of winning. I know in our, in our circles, Perko, we talk about uh, winning in certain environments, whether that's church or groups or anything like that. But um, Perko, I want to ask you to start, what does it look like to win relationally and maybe even clarify what a win is in the first place? Yeah. Now, I think clarifying your win in every area of your life is a really important thing to do. Um, but we want to clarify, this is kind of humorous, but uh, hopefully people will just play along with us. We want to clarify what do we even mean by winning. So don't just clarify wins, but actually clarify what do you mean by winning. And, and I think the analogy comes from the world of sports, which says, hey, in every sport, there's a scoreboard. You can check all throughout the game. Hey, are we winning or are we losing? I think the only sport that maybe struggles to do that, Lockie, is actually cricket. Um, when you're in a test <laughs> cricket. Honestly, you can be four days into a, a five-day test match and you're still not sure. Are we winning or are we losing? It you know, can turn yeah. on time. The but worst most... part is that it's a five-day game too. Exactly. The, the yeah, clarity exactly. only comes in the last hour. <laughs> exactly. The clarity comes at the very end. But for most sports, there's a scoreboard. My family, we play a lot of basketball. We're into basketball. And it's easy to look up at the scoreboard. We do it literally every couple of minutes throughout the game to check, are we winning? Are we ahead of the other team? when it comes to, uh, to the game. So when it comes to relationships, I think what we're trying to do is clarify when we look at the scoreboard of our relationship, we're trying to clarify, are we actually succeeding when it comes to the end of this life or this relationship? Will we look at the scoreboard of our relationship and actually win? And you know, what's really intriguing, Lockie, is I actually think that the scoreboard when it comes to winning relationally is the opposite of the scoreboard in sports. So the scoreboard in sports, you know, it's obvious that I want to make more goals than the other team, or I want to score more points than the other team. And so when I look at the scoreboard in a, in a sporting event, I'm looking to be up on the other person that I'm competing against. 
take the sport of tennis. They've got kind of a weird scoring system. It goes from 15 to 30 and then it jumps to 40 and then there's love and there's juice. There's all sorts of weird things in the, in the, in the sport of tennis. But at the end of the day, I'm wanting to win more games, more matches, more sets than the other person so that I can beat them. When it comes to winning relationally, I actually think the scoreboard is the opposite. I think winning relationally, clarifying it is to put the interest of the other person ahead of yourself and to actually value them above yourself. I think winning relationally for me comes down to really valuing and putting the interest of the other person ahead of my own interest. So in a sense, the scoreboard for relationships is actually the opposite to sports. It's still a scoreboard, but I'm wanting to put their interest, put more points for them up on the board than I'm putting for myself. I think that's what winning relationally looks like. And at the end of the day, Lockie, all of that came from this guy named Jesus. And I know if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably at least aware that the podcast has to do with the church. And at some point you probably thought, well, they're probably going to talk about the Bible or Jesus at some point. But the reality is that everything we talk about when it comes to winning relationally was modeled for us by Jesus. When he put our interest ahead of his own interest, he valued us above valuing himself. Paul, one of the writers in the New Testament, I think he said it so brilliantly. Christ was there in heaven and he didn't put his position as being part of the Godhead, as something to be leveraged for his own interest and his own sake. Rather, he put aside his position as being part of the Godhead, Jesus, the Son of God, part of the Trinity. He put that aside and he came down to earth so that he could actually leverage his position for our interest and for our value and put us first. So that's what I think it looks like to win relationally. I don't know if that's super clear or not. No, but that is brilliant. It's so simple and it's so, I think, so well put. What I also like there is that um, we mentioned that you've been married for 22 years, but none of that specifically referred to a husband and wife relationship. Sure. Um, I, I, that's what I felt anyway, that you could be yeah, talking yeah. about any relationship that you're having. And so I want to ask you, Perko, about preparing for that next relationship whether yeah. or, or, or enriching that current relationship that you have, whether it's romantic or, or it's your boss or your coworker or your child or your mom or dad or friend or family member, how do we actually prepare for that next relationship or enrich that current relationship so that we can win relationally? Yeah. I had a mentor of mine several years ago, Lockie, who gave me this quote, and it's actually a quote that pops up on my phone. We've talked about this before. I have this weird alarm system <laughs> on my phone that goes off throughout the day and reminds me to pause and just to spend some time being with Jesus. And one of the quotes that pops up on that alarm system is this quote from a, a mentor of mine, Lance Witt. Lance said that, Jason, the greatest gift you can give the world and the people in your, in your world, the relationships that you have, the greatest gift you can give the world is the gift of your healthy soul. And so when I think about relationships and how can I actually prepare for my next you know, relationship, maybe in the workplace with a new boss, or maybe it's a romantic relationship, or maybe you're already in a romantic relationship, you're married and you're about to have your first child and you say, well, how can I even prepare right now for a child that I'll have maybe one day in the future? I think the answer to that question is, the greatest gift you can give anyone in any relationship in your life is the gift 
of the healthiest version of yourself. And so oftentimes I think when it comes to relationships, we are so focused on finding the right person as we've talked about in this series, uh, we've talked about this right person myth. Really the focus should be not looking for the right person, but I want to become the right person. So preparing for that looks a lot like becoming the healthiest version of yourself because then you can give that gift of, of a healthy soul, the healthiest version of yourself to every relationship that you come in contact with. So what does that look like practically, Lockie? Mm-hmm. For me, becoming the healthiest version of myself or the healthiest soul that I can give away, it literally for me means spending more time being with Jesus because I'm convinced that only through what Christ does in me and through me will I be able to have a healthy version of myself to give to my spouse or my kids or the people I work with. So for me on a very practical level, because you could say, well, Jason, what does it look like then to become a better version of yourself or to become a healthier soul? For me, the very practical steps for that come down to being with Jesus on a consistent and regular basis, not not just learning more about Jesus. I think yeah. I want to distinguish something there, Lockie, because I, I think it's more about being with him than it is just learning about him. Um, and I, I'm, I'm convinced that you'll start to transform and become the best version of yourself because of Christ in you. I like it because Chris talked about that in part one, both in the message and, and the Beyond the Message podcast, talked about remaining in, in him. Uh, I think it's the John 15 passage. And yeah. it's not just Chris that's talking about it. Like we've got a second opinion. We've got a second person talking about it. it must be, there must be some sort of validity to that. So yeah. I, uh, I really appreciate that. And maybe we can continue to talk about that uh, yeah. in the coming questions. Um, in, in the message, you talked about love being a muscle. Uh, I think scientifically that's correct. I think that actually is, is true as well as this metaphor. Yeah. Um, but you said that we got to exercise it now so we'll be ready, for, uh, ready later on. And so I want to ask Perko, it might actually, you might have kind of already touched on it a little bit, but how do I exercise this love muscle of our heart? Yeah. I think one of the the best things that you can do, and I, I want to get really practical and go back to what we talked about at the beginning a little bit here, where we said that winning relationally is actually reflecting what Christ did for us. So he put our interest, he put our needs, our value ahead of his own. So he he kind of lifted us up above himself when he came down to earth and and provided a way for us to have a relationship with him. So I think on a practical level to exercise your love muscle muscle is to, to literally take, begin to take an interest in what other people are interested in. This is kind of a, a kind of a funny uh, sort of thing, Lockie, but we typically, we only are interested in the things that we are interested in. You know, I don't naturally get up in the morning and think to myself, well, I really would love to learn more about crafting today because I'm not that into crafting. And, and, and my wife, on the other hand, loves to do crafts. And so I think exercising that love muscle is to, to say, hey, I want to take an interest in the things that in the relationships of the other people that I live with, that I'm doing life with, that they are interested in. And so what does that mean practically? That means for me, actually Googling and learning more about some of the things that my wife has an interest in that are not interesting to me. My wife is not as interested in 
rugby league as I am, but she takes an interest in the sport because she knows that it's an interest to me. And so I think you want to exercise that love muscle. I want to give you some really practical kind of handles to, to do that, whether it's a romantic relationship or your boss at work or whatever. Why not develop an interest in the things that they are interested in that you are not naturally interested in? So perhaps you've got a boss that you're working with and they're really interested in cars. Like I'm not a, I'm not a car guy, but I know a lot of people that are, they're into their cars. And so maybe I just need to spend some time developing an understanding of what that looks like and taking an interest in that thing that they're interested in. I think that's a practical way of actually putting the interest of others above your own interest. And so then at, at lunch, Next day at work, all of a sudden, you've got a lot of questions you can ask to take an interest in that thing that they're interested in. So there's a practical, I wanted to give Lockie some practical things that, yeah. you know, not just philosophical, like, hey, put the interest of others before your own interest. What does that look like practically? And, and I wanted to give people listening the opportunity to do that. I think as well for the next level of practical uh, application, wouldn't it be great if we could just pause wherever we are and just think of one person? Um, think of one person who we're going to uh, exercise that love mus- muscle with this week. Yeah. Um, just to think of, you know, it might, they might be blaringly obvious to you. It might be your boss and could be your child, but any, anything like that, I, I think it'd be awesome if everyone could just think of that one person to, to really um, pursue that with this week. Yeah. Lockie, I actually, as you're saying that I have a person that came to my mind. So I'm thankful that you, you said, Hey, let's just pause and think of a name. And uh, as having a conversation with them on Sunday morning, it actually brings to my mind another way that you can exercise your love muscle. In the conversation I was having with this person, they were describing their week and it was a pretty tough week for them. It was pretty painful. And so something that a counselor uh, shared with me years ago was you can actually develop your empathy muscle, your love muscle, as they would describe it, by putting yourself in the shoes of that other person and, and trying to feel what they were feeling. Cause I've never experienced what this guy was talking about. But as I was listening to him, tell me about his week and how tough it was, I just paused for a minute and said to myself, as I'm listening, what would it look like to put myself in his position and to actually feel the devastation and the, the pain that he was feeling and to try and empathize with him in that moment. And so I love the fact that you said, Hey, think of that one person. And, and how can you take an interest in that person this week and, and perhaps even empathize with their situation that they're going through? That's really powerful. That's it. And buy them a coffee too. I think that yes. always helps to, to bless them in, in some exactly. sort of way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, Perko, I, I assume we're pretty similar on this, this one. Uh, we're both optimists, right? Very much so. I'm a big dreamer. Yeah. So I've got two questions. You can yeah. either choose to, to go the optimism route uh, yeah. The vision, the dreamer—that's what I would pick um, for myself. But I, I've got the the other half of the of the question as well, and so um, you can kind of choose your own adventure with this one. But I want to ask about the potential fruit of a healthy relationship. Like, what does it look like to have a relationship that is, you know, not only winning relationally, but um, it's just so vibrant and healthy and blessing other people? Yeah. And the flip side to that question is. Well, what is the potential fallout of a toxic or unhealthy relationship? Yeah. So again, go, go uh, you know, choose, choose to answer this question as you like. Um, yeah. but I, I know how I, how I would go about it, but um, 
you know, maybe not the best way. Yeah. Well, I think I'll try to, I'll try to hit both angles if I can, but I'll start with the positive one. Cause that's where I tend to, to be in life is I tend to be a little bit more optimistic. I would say that one of the major fruits that comes out of a healthy relationship is just this peace and contentment in that relationship. And the opposite of that, Lockie, the fallout, as you talked about it, the toxic, unhealthy relationship is what I would call kind of a low grade frustration and tension. So you've, you know, you've got a man cold right now. You may even have a, a low grade fever that you're just living with. You're not like sweating all the time, but your temperature is a little higher than it normally is. And it's a, it's a low grade fever that's just constant throughout your day as your body is battling this virus and, and trying to get rid of it. But that's the way relationships are when they're unhealthy and toxic. It's like this low level of frustration and tension. And we all know what we're talking about. We're talking about coming home from work and because something's not right and healthy in the relationship, there's just this awkward tension in the house or in the, the flat or wherever it is that you're living or going into work. And because things aren't healthy in that relationship, there's this unhealthy tension and kind of frustration in the office that day because the relationships aren't healthy. And I think the opposite of that, the potential fruit is this peace and contentment in a relationship. It doesn't mean that everything's perfect, but there's a contentment and a peace in the relationship because of that health. And, and I really do believe, Lockie, this is the same thing that God wants in our relationship with him. He wants this peace. He wants this contentment. He doesn't want our sin and our shortcomings to create this frustration and tension between us and our heavenly father. He desires for a peaceful, restored, content relationship with us. It doesn't mean we're perfect. doesn't mean that at all. In fact, we're not perfect. It's his perfection that gives us that, that peace and contentment. But I'm, I'm convinced that's what a healthy relationship bears, that kind of fruit. Yeah, awesome. And uh, any, anything on the, uh, the potential fallout? Yeah, I just think you're going to live in, like I said, that unhealthy tension yeah. and frustration all the time. I think that ultimately you may still be in relationship with that person, but there's not going to be the peace and contentment that you really long for. And we've all been there, Lockie. I think every single one of us have experienced that kind of relationship. And it's not one that we, we desire to be around um, because of that tension and frustration that's always there. Yeah, definitely. I think if you, if any of these principles are applied in any relationship, you know, we're going to see people taking hold of, of themselves and, and becoming better bosses, coworkers, sons, daughters, parents, aunties, uncles, cousins, friends, you know, like, I, I just think that, yeah, the, the fruit is just incredible. And yeah. I'm really, I think God is just, just uh, screaming out for a generation of people to kind of take this seriously and really just take a hold of, of, as you're saying, their own soul care so that their relationships will just be so, so healthy. Yeah. And it really does come down to, I think, Lockie, like we said at the top of the podcast, we're, we're working on ourselves, not working to try and change the other person. If there's anything I've learned in 20, nearly 22 years of marriage, Lockie, I can't change Kristen. Hmm. In fact, that's not my job. My job and my goal is to become more like Jesus myself. And I can't even do that 
but he can do that in and through me. And so I think as we change our focus on away from looking for the right person or trying to get our spouse or our boss to be the right kind of person and say, no, that's not my business. My business is to become the best version of myself. That's when I see relationships in my life begin to flourish. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Perko. I really appreciate all your wisdom and your insight and um, just the experience you bring to this conversation. So uh, I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast and also uh, on our Beyond platforms as well, online and in person to, to deliver this just um, really pivotal, pivotal message. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure, Lockie. Love hanging out with you and love what you guys are doing at Beyond. Thank you.